This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Now, i got to say, Blair, I love the next segment that we're going to be doing. It's one of my favorite things. And what it is, folks, is we're going to talk about all the highlights from the 10th annual, which is pretty cool in itself that there's been 10 years in a row that Sands & Associates has been accumulating this data. And this, what we're going to talk about is the 2022 BC Consumer Debt Study. And this is part one of two. Um, And the reason why, Blair, I think this is such a cool uh, segment and such a cool thing that you guys do is because data shows us trends. And it's almost like we're being given a peek into what is in store? What's in store for us in the future when it comes to uh, debt or consumer issues, all of that kind of thing? Because uh, there's there's no reason why the sort of the the uh, well the processes or the, the the trends that have been set up in the past year aren't going to continue into 2023. Would you would you agree with that? Oh, I, I think it's it's completely spot on, Elaine. You know, we've been doing the study for ten years, and we've definitely seen you know some trends that have really started to intensify over time. And we'll talk about that with respect to payday loans and with respect to the average consumer, you know, continuing to get older. Um, but there's also it's just fascinating to get the window into the individual situations, what drives people to to get into debt or to seek debt help, and how do they feel, how do they resolve their issues and move forward. So, you know, the data in aggregate is always interesting, but you know, even down to some of the personal reflections, the personal advice that people give, um, you know, I encourage anybody listening just to go to the SANS-Trustee website uh, and find the debt study. It's, you know, it's about 20 pages that we produce every year, which really gives you a window into people in BC that are struggling with debt um, and what they can choose to do about it to move forward. Okay, so let's start at the very beginning uh, by why don't you tell us about the BC Consumer Debt Study Series, who, the, who was surveyed for this latest study that we're going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Well, the focus of the survey is all an individual. So it's not based on, you know, corporate bankruptcies or what's going on in the business world. It's what's happening with individuals in BC and their personal debt issues and what's the impact on these individuals. So we get insights and information from people that have recently used a legal debt relief process, which means they've either filed for personal bankruptcy or they're doing a formal type of debt consolidation called a consumer proposal. Uh, the population that responds to our survey every year, it just amazes me the number of people that are really interested in sharing their story and their insights to help others. So it's over 1,400 people responded to our latest survey. And that's about 14% of all the people in BC in the last 12 months who chose to restructure their debt uh, using either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. So a lot of surveys, you know, they consider them representative if they have 1% or half a percent or something like that of the total population. We've got 10% in this survey. So we think it's very representative. There's some really good insights that you you can extrapolate to say what well, the survey says this there's a lot of people in that situation that are, are feeling the same um, in our consumer debt study every year we look at the general demographics who's getting into debt uh, what are their debt levels what are the causes of problem debt and we have different areas of focus each year and this past year we were th- uh, 
drilling down a little bit on the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and we highlight, you know, the facts and the struggles that people are, are facing in our communities. The goal of the survey really um, is to boost awareness of what you can do if you find yourself in a debt problem, because a lot of people feel like they're the only person on earth that's struggling like this, and they just don't know what to do to get out of it. So if we can destigmatize a little bit of the, the situation of finding yourself in debt and give some guidance on what people can actually do to move forward, well, that's success for us and why we continue to do this survey even after 10 years now. So we know that... Uh using credit or credit cards. And I mean, we all care. We always all carry a little bit of debt. Um, but it's a kind of a different situation when you're a licensed insolvency trustee. You guys look at it with a with a different set of eyes. And so let's talk a little bit more about the study and what's come out of it as a result. Yeah, in terms of the, the general trends. So as you mentioned, you know, just about everybody has a credit card. And if you're carrying a balance on your credit card, you're definitely not alone. Um, what we found in the 2022 BC Consumer Debt Study is the largest proportion of participants. So over a third of individuals, 34%, um, they said they had about twenty-five dollars to $49,999 of debt. So between twenty-five dollars and $50,000 of debt, excluding a vehicle or a mortgage loan. At the time, they started a formal debt relief process. So a vast majority of people, they don't owe hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they also don't owe just a few thousand dollars. It's in that range of about the twenty-five dollars to $50,000. Now, what was really not surprising, but definitely a significant finding is that nearly three in five people, 59% of people said credit card debt was the main type of debt that they had. And that was almost six times higher than the next most common type of debt. So if, you know, from a, a less involved point of view, you think, well, people are getting into trouble with credit cards. You're pretty right. You know, in, in six out of 10 cases, um, that is the main reason why people are having trouble with the debt is that the credit card debt had escalated. Uh, but for the first time in the study, we saw payday or installment loans. And these are the very high interest, high cost, uh, usually almost your last resort type of financing um, that rocketed into number two position. So after credit cards, um, it is payday or installment loans that about 11% of people said were the their issues. Uh, and then after then, it was tax debt and line of credit debt. And these were cited by about 9% of respondents. So definitely credit cards are the most common reason why people are getting into financial difficulty in terms of the type of debt. Uh, but that growth in payday loans is just so significant. You know, even in 2019, so a very recent study, uh, payday or installment loans were the main cause of debt for just 5% of people. And now it's at 11%. So it's more than doubled in just a few short years here. Um, and anyone that listens to the show for any extended period of time, you'll hear us talk about payday loans and how difficult it can be um, if you're stuck in a cycle of borrow, repay, borrow again, because the costs are just so high. So seeing that growth is, you know, very concerning. And just one other trend um, is about how the consumer is getting older. So what we saw is the proportion of people who are age 55 plus who are seeking help from their debt, um, that has increased 68% since we started doing this study back in 2012. So it's a lot more people reaching the end of their working life who are finding they still need help to resolve their debt. They haven't been able to put things in order uh, when their income declines as they go into retirement. I just want to mention at this point, if you already know that you fall into one of those categories and that you know you need some support, some assistance, some direction on what to do next, I want to give you the website for Sands & Associates at sands-trustee.com and their number. It's toll-free at 1-800-661-3030. So, Blair, what are the, some of the findings that you've come up with that around what's causing people to accumulate uh, that problem debt now? 
Yeah, I think that's so interesting to, to delve into because there's a lot of assumptions made as to what can cause a debt problem. And, you know, sometimes when we put a tweet out about, you know, a consumer, um, you know, a recent consumer proposal that we filed, there are a lot of people that can comment really quickly and say, oh, this person must be irresponsible. They just need to pay their debts. Um, but when you actually delve into what, what's underlying the problem here, for the vast majority of people, and four out of the five most common causes of people getting into debt problems are generally things that are outside of their individual control. For a lot of the people, there's really nothing they could have done different to avoid being in a tough situation. So what we found is one in five people said the direct main cause of their debt was using credit for essential costs of living that their income could not cover. Um, so obviously in BC, I'll use the term, we're in a housing affordability crisis with the way rent has escalated, mortgage costs, everything. A lot of people have had to result to credit just to, you know, buy groceries each month and to, and to keep the lights on. Um, so that that's huge. And that's something that's outside of your control. You know, you didn't cause inflation to go crazy or rental rates to go through the roof, but you're dealing with the aftermath of that. Uh, one in four people, about 28%, um, they blamed themselves. They said their debt was caused by overextended credit due to general financial mismanagement. And it's not the case that everyone I see has some mismanagement, but in some cases you can say, yep, this person perhaps could have done things a little bit different. My my experience is when we actually sit down with that person and interview them and understand, well, you know, why do you feel like you mismanaged? Well, it's because someone lost a job or somebody got sick um, or, you know, some other external shock and they felt they didn't manage it as well as possible. But the actual underlying cost cause there, and as people self-identify, things like illness, injury, or health-related problems, 10% of people said that was their main cause of their debt. Uh, marital or relationship breakdown, that was about 8%. And then job-related issues was about 6% of people. And that's also surprising as well, because a lot of people think, you know, you're filing a bankruptcy or a proposal because you've lost your job. But for 94% of people, that wasn't the main reason that caused them to go into debt. There could be some contributing factors, but it's usually it's things outside of their control, again, costs of living, um, illness, relationship breakdown, um, just all of those factors. Uh, what's interesting too, is we focused a little bit on the COVID-19 pandemic, but it really wasn't a significant driver of people seeking debt help in 2022. It was only 6% of people said that COVID-19 was the main cause of their debt. But what we think is that it's just the impact is starting to be felt now. We have just a ton of clients reaching out who might be being asked to repay CERB or government benefits during the pandemic. So we think the impact of the pandemic financially is just starting to be felt now and will be felt for years to come. And I think job, you know, job-related stuff too. Like, let's say you're working for a viable company, um, and all of a sudden everything gets tightened down, or the costs start to increase at an exorbitant level. Something that the company has no control over because of supply chain issues because of the pandemic that we all lived through for two years, right? Like, so the, mm -hmm. the effects of, of the pandemic, like you say, are going to be, a, we're going to feel the effects for quite a long time. And they're going to be very subtle in some cases. Like, you know, even though you didn't lose your job because you, uh, the company that you were working for shut down because it had to, um, it could be for like 16 other different reasons why you lost your job or your hours were cut back or the cost was too great to keep you or or whatever. Yeah, there's just been so many external shocks, like more than I've ever seen. I've been a trustee for 15 years now, you know, from inflation to interest rates to a global pandemic, you know, the last three, four years have just been one thing after another, making it more difficult for the consumer to make any financial headway.
Yeah. Okay. And I, I know that we only have a minute left on this, but we're going to talk about this study some more. But can we finish it off by talking about any findings from the debt study when it came to people attempting to manage their debt, their problem debt? Like what were some of the findings there that were interesting and different to you? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the most uh, concerning one, and this is also the most consistent finding over time over the last 10 years, is most people do not reach out for help right away when they know they have a mm -hmm. problem. In fact, only 5% of people reach out for help, which means 95% of people suffer for too long. They flail about. They're not sure what to do. When we ask people, well, why didn't you reach out for help so soon? Um, you know, a bunch of people come back with various reasons, but um, they said, you know, they tried to extend their credit limits first, or they tried to borrow from family or friends, or they applied for a consolidation loan, even 23% of people, when they knew they needed help, um, their strategy was to get a payday or an installment loan. Um, so there's a lot of things people do that can extend or enlarge the problem. With only 5% of people reaching out right away. I'm hoping that if anyone's listening today and they think they might have a debt problem, they'll make that call to get the help sooner uh, rather than just suffer in silence as so many of our surveyors survey respondents do, it seems to be about a two-year cycle from when someone knows they need the help to when they're finally getting the help they need from Sands & Associates. 1-800-661-3030 for that first sit-down. Uh, you're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. We're going to talk about the 10th annual BC Consumer Debt Study for the past year that Sands & Associates has put together by talking to over 1,400 people, which is super interesting. Get a really great insight into all kinds of things around the kind of debt that people are holding on to, why, how did they get there, all of the pieces around it. This part is, this segment is all about the, the fact that the study revealed the serious impacts that problem debt can have on mental health as well as other things. And I guess this really shouldn't be too much of a surprise that it's going to cause a lot of stress and et cetera, but it, it's significant. Blair, it sounds like it was very significant this time. Yeah, you know, every year that we do the study, we always just, you know, ha have a moment of, I'll call it sobriety, when we start to get the results back and just to see, oh my gosh, like if we ever um, underestimated the amount of an impact it has on on, on someone being in debt, um, you know, just read one of these survey reports or study reports and you'll know exactly how all-consuming it can be. You know, I often say that debt is not a problem. You just think about 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. If you've ever faced a debt problem, you'd probably be nodding along right now when I say you're constantly worried about it. You're you're constantly thinking, well, I'm not living up to what I, I thought I could do. You know, usually if you have debt, it's because things were good and you were able to borrow money. You had a good credit rating. Now things aren't so good and you've got this obligation that you're not able to meet. So the mental, the physical, spiritual impacts of that can just be huge. And, you know, over the last 10 years, we've, we've asked a number of very pointed questions each year to try to delve into that impact. And consistently, you know, we get some really insightful uh, responses back. Um, so, you know, debt distress can impact people in a number of different ways. But what we found in the past year's study was nearly four in five people, so nearly 80% of people said their mental health suffered as a result of being in debt. And, you know, I, I would say as in general as a society, our mental health has been under attack for a few years, a global pandemic, a bunch of external events. So throwing debt on top of that, that can just be an unmanageable burden for somebody already feeling strained. 63% um, of people said their self-esteem suffered. 47% of people said that their debt affected their physical health. And one of the great parts of my job is just seeing that transformation. When people take action on their debt, you can just see that they're standing taller, they're walking taller, uh, and just generally feeling better. Even physically, debt can impact you. 
Um, over four in five people that we spoke to, over 82% said they experienced constant worry about their debt. 76% of people said they had anxiety from the strength from the stress of debt. Uh, Two thirds of people felt helplessness or hopelessness. And even and this is you know a, a tough one that we ask every year, and the number vary varies a little bit, but not not significantly. So roughly one in seven people said that the debt stress resulted in them experiencing thoughts or contemplation of suicide. So really wanting to end their life because of these financial obligations, just seeing no other way out. Um, and then you know a bunch of your traditional type of impacts you would expect, you know, sleeping poorly, uh, feeling shameful, even, you know, outbursts of anger. And, you know, even 30% of people said their relationship suffered as a result of being in debt. Um, they were alienating themselves from family or friends or had arguments with their significant others about money. And of a similar proportion, about 30% said they put their life on hold. You know, they're not taking that next milestone. They're not able to start a family or look at purchasing a house because debt is holding them back. So it really can be an all-consuming problem that people are facing. I mean, I, I like that it's something that you and Sa and it seems that Sands and Associates really cares about just how you've set yourselves up and how you counsel people and how you move them through the process, regardless of what their next steps might be to deal with the um, to deal with their debt. Uh, but that you you care about this thing, that you care about this mental health, and and it's part of that process. And I just also want to add with that, um, if this if you know already that this is a step that you want to take to either just sit down with somebody and figure out your situation and see what can be done. Or if you already know that you need to do something and you want the process and, and the support to do that, the number, the phone number for Sands and Associates, and they have offices all over British Columbia. It's 1-800-661-3030. And uh, the website, if you'd like to check that out, you can also uh, register or make an appointment through the website is sands-trustee.com. So you talked about in before we took the little break about reminding people of the phone number that the number one reported warning sign of the of a debt problem was the stress, uh, mm -hmm. which was huge. Seven out of 10 people. And of course, we know that stress can show up in all kinds of different ways and it can affect so many different things in our lives, not just the typical things that you would think of, but it can really be um, life altering in a sense of, uh, of how you'd like things to go to how they actually end up going. So can we talk some more about that? Yeah, certainly, Elaine. You know, the way that I, I would really summarize it, and I think this is proven true, is, you know, if you think you have a debt problem, you're generally right. So if you're feeling like you're worried about your money, you're worried about your finances every month, feeling that stress, that's one of the number one reasons why our survey respondents said, okay, I know I've got a problem because I'm not sleeping at night, because I'm feeling this overwhelming stress. So yes, there are, you know, the traditional, we'll call them more transactional signs of a debt problem, and we'll go for those here in a second. But in general, it's just that feeling, that anxiety, that feeling stressed out, the hopelessness, that's the number one reason why people could self-diagnose and say, yeah, I probably do need some help with my debt. So other traditional warning signs that people identified, um, only making minimum payments, about six in 10 people said, well, that indicated to them it was a problem because they probably read their, st their statements in detail and saw, well, even a few thousand dollars can be decades to pay back at minimum payments. So that's just a huge warning sign. If you're only making the minimum payments on your credit cards or loans each month, you're really not getting a head, you're just treading water at best. 
Um, a similar proportion of people said that seeing their debt balances remain the same every month despite making payments. So again, another way of looking at, well, I'm paying $200, but $190 of that is going to interest and fees and really not helping move me forward. Um, so just get feeling that sense of hopelessness that I'm doing the best that I can, but these debt balances just aren't going down. Uh, for about a third of people, their warning sign was that they, their debt balances just kept going up. They just kept accumulating more debt on their credit accounts. There was just nothing they could do to make headway. Uh, about one in five people said their big warning sign was that the bank turned them down for a consolidation loan. So a lot of people, one of their first things that they'll do if they find their debts are getting out of control is to try to consolidate and bring their interest rate down. But many times a bank is not willing to approve a loan like that without a cosign or some other pretty onerous terms. So for about 20% of people, that was their warning sign. Uh, about 30% of people had what I would call the more, um, you know, intuitive, the common sense type of warning signs where everyone would say, you know, yes, this is indicating a debt problem. Things like getting collection calls, letters, bouncing or missing payments, but it was only about 5% of people were actually having their wages seized or their bank accounts seized. So a lot of folks think, you know, no one reaches out to a trustee until, you know, you've been sued and, you know, the, the wolf is at the door, all of those types of things. But that's only about 5% of people let it get so severe that legal action has been taken against them. The vast majority of people, it's more of a self-diagnosis that, hey, I'm just not making headway. I'm paying a lot. The balances aren't going down. Um, you know, and that even proves out in the way that it's counterintuitive, but a vast majority of people, sometimes upwards of 70% of people that file bankruptcy or make a consumer proposal actually don't have bad credit. They have, you know, from good to excellent, you know, even great credit in some cases, because it's not necessary that you go delinquent on all of your payments. It's not necessary that you wait until you've been sued. For the majority of people, they might have a great credit rating because they're just moving money around each month, getting all the minimums paid, but that's not an indication they don't need financial help. Sometimes the people with great credit ratings are actually the people that need help the most with their debt. Do you, do you think that most consumers in BC go and get or, or seek debt help right away once they realize they have a problem? What kind of, what kind of stats have you got around that? How often or how long do, do people wait before they take action? You know, that's the thing, Elaine, that the longer we do this study, I hope this metric is going to change over time, but it's been consistently, most people do not reach out for help. Again, only 5% of people reach out for help when they know they have the problem. And when we ask people, why didn't you reach out for help? The most common responses were they wanted to manage the debt on their own. So about 65% of people said, you know, I got myself into this. I want to do the best that I can to get out of it. 55% uh, of people said they felt ashamed, felt ashamed I couldn't handle the debts I had incurred. Uh, being embarrassed to ask for help was reported by 51% of people and being worried about being judged. Um, so a lot of people think, you know, anything they do to restructure their debt is going to be a public proceeding. It's going to be in the newspaper, their employee, um, employers, um, their colleagues, their neighbors will be aware of it. All of that is false. You can restructure your debt and, you know, even your partner doesn't necessarily need to be aware of it as much as we would counsel against that and say openness is the right way to go, but you can deal with your debt on a very private basis. Um, and and then about one in four people said they just didn't know where to get help. Um, they might have had misinformation or just had no idea that this role of a trustee actually exists. Uh, but what's quite concerning too is sometimes people take actions that unwittingly to them aggravates their situation and can make things worse. Um, so, you know, some people think there's just no solution to their situation. That's 31% of people. 28% um, of people thought their situation would improve on its own. Um, and then 12% of people said they didn't think their situation was bad enough to ask for help. And during that time when people are holding off 
from getting help. Sometimes they're incurring more debt or they're getting co-signers or they're borrowing from family and friends. All of these things are very risky and usually don't help solve the problem, but just make it significantly worse. Okay, so let's in the last in the last uh, a few minutes that we've got, Blair. Let's talk about what you need to pay attention to. Like, what are the warning signs that either people uh, get and they do something about? But it sounds like uh, lots of people just get these warning signs and don't do anything about. So here's here's an opportunity for us to try to help that situation, help those people. Okay, if this is going on, this is what this is the next steps for you. So let's talk about mm-hmm. those warning signs. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of questions to ask yourself. And, you know, if you're ringing the bell on a couple of these questions, that's a good indication you'd benefit from having a chat with a licensed insolvency trustee. So are you feeling any worry, anxiety, or stress about your financial situation? And a lot of people might say yes to that, you know, even in general, but that's a pretty good indication. Um, Are your debt and money matters something you think or worry about regularly or even daily? Is there not a day that comes and goes and you're not worried about how you're eventually going to get out of debt? Uh, one important one is do you rely on your credit accounts to make ends meet? So there's no way if the credit was taken away that you'd be able to live on a monthly basis with your budget. You need to go into a credit account every month just to provide for the necessities of life. Um, are you exercising some avoidance? Are you avoiding your account balances? Are you not filing your tax returns because you think you're going to owe money and the government won't know until you file, which is not a good strategy. They know either way. Um, but sometimes avoidance is, is something that people do for periods of time. Um, are you looking to take out a consolidation loan with or without a cosigner? That might sound like you're doing something good, but it's actually a big warning sign. If you need to consolidate your debt, uh, again, sometimes the only way banks will do that is to get a cosigner or get you to pledge an asset. And that can be just quite risky. So you really want to take care as you move forward and and do something that's going to help the problem, not make it worse. The website that Sands and Associates has is just awesome. It is a number of pages. I couldn't tell you how many pages long it is, but it's filled with great questions, questions that you may have, that your neighbor may have uh, about what to do next, how to, what, what's the next step to take, or how do I do it, or et cetera, et cetera. And it's sands-trustee.com. And their phone number is 1-800-661-3030. And like I say, they have 25 offices around British Columbia right now. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. Well, in this segment, it's going to be kind of fun because we're going to, I don't know if it's about going back to basics, but we're going to find out who Sands and Associates is and how they help with debt. And since 1990, Sands and Associates has helped literally thousands of people across the province to get a financial fresh start and move forward with their lives debt free. So we're going to talk to Blair Manton, who is a licensed insolvency trustee. And we're going to figure out and find out how working with a licensed insolvency trustee like Blair to deal with your debt can help you get back on track. So, Blair, can you just start by sharing a little bit about Sands and Associates and what you do? What's your role? Well, well, certainly. So, Elaine, thank you for for the opportunity. So my role is I'm the president of Sands & Associates, and I've been with the company now for 14 years. Um, And I'm just very proud of what we're able to do. We're BC's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees. And we'll explain a little bit more about what that means for anyone that doesn't know. And we focus exclusively on personal debt help and insolvency services. So we help people figure out a way forward when it can seem like all there is is darkness. They don't know what to do. They're getting hounded on all sides, maybe by collection agents, or they just feel hopeless, like they'll never get out of debt. 
Uh, we're proud that we have a network of local offices throughout the province. We can help anyone in BC from any community. And we've also been chosen as the Consumer Choice Award winner for over a decade now. For every year, they've been awarding um, the best license insolvency trustee uh, in Vancouver and in BC. We've consistently won that award. So we're very thrilled about that. Um, our services are available seven days a week, whether it's on the phone, uh, by video conferencing, or in person at our local offices. And what really makes the difference is our incredible team. So we've got a team of dedicated professionals um, that are dedicated to helping people when they're struggling with debt to find a way to move forward and begin to live their best life free from the stress of debt uh, and to do it without judgment because so much shame um, and, you know, shame and anxiety uh, and just fear can happen when you're facing a debt problem. Uh, one of the main things we do as licensed insolvency trustees is we help people understand their situation and evaluate what are all the options. You know, what can you really do uh, when you're facing a debt problem? Because it's not easy to figure out. And you can bet that the people that are wanting to collect from you, they don't have a vested interest in having you fully aware of all of your rights and your remedies. So, you know, most people just really don't know the options that are out there. There's no cost to speak with a licensed insolvency trustee confidentially about your situation, any concerns that you're having or any specific challenges. Uh, and in under an hour, you know, typically even within 30 minutes, we're able to help you compare all the different debt solutions, tell you about the resources you can access. And if you need our help, then we'll start to work with you to really execute and put in place a debt-free plan that's going to be tailored to your specific needs. Um, what that usually means in practice uh, is we offer two legally sanctioned remedies that are only available through a licensed insolvency trustee. And these we talk about, you know, in really great depth on, on other segments on the show. But we provide a consumer proposal option, which allows you to consolidate or combine all of your debt together, stop all of the interest. And then what's so powerful is reduce that debt down to what you can actually afford. And if the situation is so severe that even a partial repayment is not possible, well, then we can assist with a personal bankruptcy, uh, which is going to help you wipe the slate clean, start over again, and then rebuild your, your financial future from there. The thing is, at this point, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh boy, that's what I need. I need to, I need to first step, just sit down with somebody and explain my situation and try to figure it out and then look at options if I need to, if I need to, to take some action here. This is the phone number for Sands and Associates. And again, all over British Columbia, 1-800-661-3030. That's their phone number and their website is www.sands-trustee.com. So Blair, what kind of situations um, have you found people in or, or do you sort of suggest that if you find yourself in one of these, this is the time to take some action with a licensed insolvency trustee? Yeah, well, you know, the, the bottom line is we help with debt. So if you're in a situation where you're concerned about your debts or it's just an outright problem, it's more than a concern now, you know, your wages are being seized or something extreme like that. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that extreme. What we've learned over time is if you think you have a debt problem, you probably do. And there are certain warning signs you might recognize that you're heading into some financial difficulties if you're experiencing any or maybe a couple of the following. Um, you know, the top one here and one that we get a ton these days is you're making payments on your debts, but you're not making progress. So all these minimum payments every month, 90, 95% of your money is going to interest and you're back where you started and you know that's all you can pay. So you're just feeling hopeless about getting out of debt in the future. 
uh, between your cost of living and your debt payments, you never seem to have any money for savings. And that's an incredible risky proposition because if your income is ever interrupted without any savings, you're going to have to rely on credit and that can make, you know, a somewhat manageable debt problem very unmanageable quite quickly. Uh, if you're continually needing to use credit or even borrow from family or friends to make it to your next payday, you know, that's a good indication. Okay, maybe there's some problem with your overall financial situation. Uh, one big indicator and something just in the last five years that has exploded is if you're using payday loans or other fast cash loans. And these are the types of loans where, you know, a typical credit card might be 20 to 30% interest, which is exceptionally high. Um, these ones are 40 plus percent interest, sometimes up to 50. And if you actually look at a payday loan and you put in all the charges, all the account fees and things like that, you can be up to 500% interest on some of these really high cost financing. So if you're having to resort to what we call the lender of last resort, um, you know, that can be a big warning sign as well. Uh, and then finally, and this is sometimes people think, well, I'm only going to reach out to a trustee if a creditor or a collection agency has been really pressuring you for payments or threatened you with court actions or seizing your wages. And yes, we certainly have people in those situations. Situations. I had a client last week uh, who owed just $5,000 to, to a major lender and they had been sued and their wages were being seized and a trustee is the person that can bring all of that to a close, stop it dead in its tracks. Really important information. Um, we're just, I, I'd like to just sort of move a little bit ahead because um, you mentioned it in the very beginning about the, the feelings that people have around debt and hesitant to ask questions or seek help or talk to anyone about it. And I just think these are such such good ideas to keep in the back of someone's mind. What would you say to anyone out there who's struggling with debt, but like I mentioned, hesitating to reach out and speak with a, a licensed insolvency trustee? Yeah, you know, we know m many people really delay seeking support. It's only about 5% of people actually reach out for help at the first sign of a financial problem, which means, you know, the inverse, well, 95% of people are suffering and sometimes just feeling ashamed, like they're the only person in that situation. But the truth is that money and debt problems, they can happen to anyone at any time. And it can be despite doing all of the right things. So as debt help professionals, we know we have a unique privilege of creating a safe space for people to talk about their financial challenges and goals. But what's even greater than that is we can help them solve those issues. So if you're struggling with debt, know that you're not alone. We're here to help you. And the way we can help you in detail is we're going to help you understand your rights and your remedies when it comes to debt. Help you understand, are all these threats real or are they smoke and mirrors? You know, what do you really need to be concerned about? Sometimes it's a 10-year-old debt. And when we explain, well, there's a statute of limitations for two years here. So this collection agent is just rattling your cage, but you actually don't need to pay much attention to them. Uh, we're going to help you understand what are your debt options and help you choose a solution that fits your situation the best. There's no one-size-fits-all solution, but there are some really great remedies that can be can be uh, tailored to just about any family and debt situation. And then what's really empowering is we want to help you take back control and move forward from a position of strength. You know, you're not a bad person just because you got into debt. And a lot of clients that I meet with, I struggle to see anything that they could have done differently. So people that are really being hit by the COVID-19 pandemic um, and had an interruption in income. And now a couple of years later, um, you know, they're being asked to repay pandemic benefits. You know, they probably didn't do anything wrong. Someone that has a sick child, child, for example, what could they have done differently? And it can be a huge financial impact of trying to put their family's needs first. So we really try to help people understand it's debt help without judgment, with empathy. And we've been doing it for 34 years now. We're so proud of the lives that we can help change. 
And I know that you talk to all of your clients every year to get a good sense of where they are. And I know you've got like the top three things that people say we wish we had after, do, after being in this situation. Yeah, really quickly, they say they would have taken action sooner if they knew about their options. So anyone listening today, you know, you know, you have options that are out there and you should investigate them. Um, they know they're now in a better position to consider moving forward with financial goals like funding retirement and buying a home because they got help and they now feel optimistic about their financial situation and their future. You're listening to Dollars and Cents and you're listening to Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, their prime goal, helping you get out of debt. So this one's all about moving on after personal bankruptcy. Money problems don't have to last forever. We're going to learn about how to move on with your life after bankruptcy. And boy, this is going to be such a good segment um, because it feels like, well, for folks who are in it or going into it or contemplating bankruptcy, uh, you know, the, the other side of it is probably the something that they can't even believe is possible at this point, Blair. Yeah, you know, no one who comes into my office is typically having the best day of their life. And I, I understand that. And what we can do is we can meet that person with empathy, with kindness, and with optimism, with the benefit of, you know, over the last 30 plus years, more than 50,000 people in BC have used our services and been that much better off for doing so. But I understand in the moment when you're feeling like I can't meet my obligations, um, you know, I've got this conception of a bankruptcy proceeding that is probably a whole lot worse than the reality of it. Uh, you know, it can be a difficult period in someone's life. Uh, and what we do is we just shine a light. We can show exactly how bankruptcy could work. We can explain it's not this public shaming that you might think. It's not a proceeding that leave, leaves you with literally nothing, not even your dignity. It's meant to help you get back on your feet, get a financial fresh start. And it's meant to be a, a win on all sides, you getting rid of the debt and then becoming a productive, contributing consumer where the banks can all make money again in the future. Um, there's a lot of, of optimism that can come through a bankruptcy proceeding. Um, what bankruptcy means in Canada is personal bankruptcy. It's a legal solution. It allows an individual to get debt relief and have their debts forgiven. What happens when you file for bankruptcy is you get immediate debt relief, and then you work through the process to receive an official discharge, which is your release from bankruptcy. And at that time, all the debts that you filed for bankruptcy, they're frozen on the day you file. Once you work through the, the proceeding of bankruptcy, satisfy the obligations you have to do, all those debts are considered forgiven and legally written off by your creditors. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but working through the process of bankruptcy, it's not typically years. Uh, it can be as little as nine months. So we're not talking about a 10-year plan. We're talking about something that can pretty quickly get your life back on track. Excellent. Okay. So where do you want to start? Do you want to, you know, what is it, what does it mean to file for bankruptcy in this country? Yeah. Well, I, I think first off, something for people to know is that the option and decision to file for personal bankruptcy is yours and yours alone. There's no qualifying body that's going to look at you and say, oh, no, you're not worthy of this relief. It's your option. And conversely, I've never met a client who's been forced into a bankruptcy. So as much as your creditors might threaten, you know, they're going to take you to court and force you into bankruptcy, that just doesn't happen. What happens is an individual finds themselves with too much debt, more debt than they're able to pay, and they seek out a licensed insolvency trustee. And the individual gets to choose that licensed insolvency trustee. 
NFT. And that's why we know at Sands and Associates, it's so important, you know, to treat the clients with respect, with dignity, with empathy um, as they reach out, because we're not the only trustee that's available. Um, the legislation is what it is, but it really that working relationship with your trustee. That's why people make the choice on which firm they're going to work with. Uh, they want to feel like they're going to be valued um, and have, you know, as smooth as, as possible a ride through an insolvency proceeding. Uh, what's the eligibility to file for bankruptcy is you just have to owe more than $1,000 and not be able to repay that debt. So that amount hasn't changed since the Great Depression when $1,000 was a huge amount of money. And I've got nobody that files for bankruptcy at $1,000 a debt. But do people file at five, ten, fifteen thousand? dollars $15,000? Yeah, depending on the situation, on their income, on the stress level they're experiencing. You know, essentially, if you've got more debt than you're able to handle, bankruptcy is an option to consider. It's not the only option, but it's certainly an option um, that, that can have some merit. And finally, when you start the bankruptcy, it means that you no longer have any obligations to your creditors. Uh, you start to work with the trustee. The trustee steps in the middle like a referee, explaining to your creditors how they have to back completely off and explaining to you, here's what you have to do to complete the bankruptcy successfully. Okay. Sands and Associates, that's who Blair is. Uh, you can give them a call. They've got offices all over British Columbia of bankruptcy, or if you feel that bankruptcy is your next step, or at least you want to sit down and talk about it, 1-800-661-3030 is the number. And I wanted to ask you, Blair, when it comes to bankruptcy, I'm just assuming that a bankruptcy would virtually uh, resolve all types of debt that someone would have. That's right, Elaine. And that's the right way to say it is it's virtually all types of debt. So any credit cards, student loans, lines of credit, amounts owing to government, to private individuals, you know, going through my mind, just about every debt that you have can be dealt with in a bankruptcy. Uh, a couple of exceptions to that are the things that would just make sense. So things like child support or alimony, those can't be discharged in a bankruptcy. Those are family obligations that have to be either the court will determine uh, or satisfied over time. Um, other than that, you know, things like a car loan or a mortgage, if you go into a bankruptcy, it's not an automatic thing that you have to give up your house or your car. If you're able to continue making payments on a mortgage or a car loan, uh, depending on the amount of equity that's there, most people are able to retain all of their assets through the bankruptcy. And what happens when you're going through a bankruptcy, what you're required to do, there's a lot of myths and there's a lot of thinking. Again, it can be a five, six, seven year pro program. Uh, again, for most people, it's about nine months from when it starts to finish. And the key things that an individual has to do is kind of three big things. So number one, for every month that someone's in bankruptcy, they have to file a monthly budget. So they have to just track their income, track where the money went. They don't need proof of all their expenses, just the proof of the income each month. And that's to ensure the person's living within their means each month. And it's also to determine how long a bankruptcy would last and what payments they're required to make. So about 80% of the work an individual does in a bankruptcy uh, is just keeping that monthly budget, which is just really great financial hygiene, just a great habit to get into. Uh, second thing is they have to attend two financial counseling sessions. They're private one-on-ones, not a group session or anything like that. Just one-on-one -on -one really detailed counseling to help understand what created the, the situation of the insolvency uh, and how do we avoid that in the future. Uh, and then the last thing is the person has to make some payments. So for 80% of people who are low income, they file for bankruptcy. It's over and done with inside of nine months. And over those nine months, they're required to pay a total cost of $2,300, which is about $255 per month. Usually it's a whole lot less than what they were paying on their debts. And again, after nine months, that's their full obligation. They move on, leaving all the debt behind. That's amazing. Nine months versus seven years, which is sort of what the, the myth is that's out there. Mm -hmm. 
crazy. So what happens when you're done? What's a, How does the discharge work, the completion work, Blair? Yeah, once you've finished the, the bankruptcy, so the nine months are over, you've done the budgets, done the counseling, and paid the fees, you receive an official discharge from bankruptcy, which is my favorite part of the job is signing those discharge certificates because I know how much it means to somebody when they get that certificate that says, as of this day, you are full and finally released from all of these debts that you have that were dragging you down before. Not those exact legal words, but pretty close to it. <laughs> uh, so you get your certificate of discharge. Uh, from then, the biggest focus is just on rebuilding your credit. You know, it's not that we want to rush you back into credit far from that but a lot of people have hesitations for filing a bankruptcy because they think you know it's, it's going to kill their credit for the rest of their life they'll never be able to be financially successful again uh, and that's completely false so what happens when you finish the bankruptcy is people can start rebuilding their credit and in as little as two to three years you could probably qualify for a mortgage without any crazy risk premium even get a, a car loan at standard rates but it's depending on you really making some good positive stories on your credit report after the bankruptcy what happens when you finish bankruptcy is for the next six years, if somebody pulls a credit report, they're going to see a bankruptcy has been filed. Um, but again, if someone does their own research or just from my experience, it's about a two or three year calendar from when someone can start to move to a secured credit card, to an unsecured credit card, to finally being again considered for mortgages, lines of credit, so on and so forth. So not a life sentence by any means. You do have to do the right things after the bankruptcy, which is just paying everything on time all the time. And we tell you exactly how to do that in the counseling sessions, uh, it's certainly something you will recover from. Excellent. So if you're in thinking uh, that you want to learn either about bankruptcy as well as the bankruptcy alternatives that can help you deal with your debt for good, like for good period, you can book your free financial consultation with a very caring, non-judgmental Sands & Associates debt help expert. And it's very easy to do. The phone number is 1-800-661-3030, or you can visit their website, which is just terrific, filled with good questions and loads of answers, thoughtful, kind answers on, on, way, on a way that'll give you a way to, to move forward on this at sans-trustee.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.